Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the next edition of the Re7 podcast. Today, we have Luke from Arbitrum joining us. Hi, Luke. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jenny. I appreciate it's, it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, so, obviously, you haven't slept in like three weeks, <laughs> uh, given the airdrop. So, congrats on that uh, playing out nicely. The Twitter community is very positive, so that's already that's already a big win. Um, and I'm sure we're all keen on what more Arbitrum has uh, in store for us. But before we jump into that, uh, could you tell us uh, about your background, how you got into this crypt crazy crypto world, and what you've been doing previously? Yeah, thank you for the kind words. You know, we're always happy that uh, the whole community is supportive behind it. That's what we strive to do. And yeah, I would love to. So uh, the way I got into the space, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit older on that side. Uh, I started my career off in traditional finance as a commodities trader. Uh, I traded for Louis Dreyfus uh, doing agricultural commodities trading, like physical stuff, moving like moving corn and soybeans from one country to the next and then trading futures uh, around that. Uh, and then I moved to a fund uh, trading commodity futures specifically, and I would do like energy and agriculture. But I found this was a really good background, you know, like I got it around this time, I was starting to get into crypto, just trading it, um, uh, understanding it through that. Uh, but it's, you know, this type of background, I think, has helped me in the DeFi space understand, you know, markets, how they work in the traditional sense, but then also help move them and into the DeFi sense and like, you know, how what it takes to make decentralized uh, DeFi applications a bit more. Um, but anyways, I, I started getting interested in that space when I was trading. I eventually um, took some time off to do my MBA. And throughout that time, I was just working in crypto the whole time. I don't think I, uh, I went to very many classes then, but, uh, you know, I was like very bullish on crypto. I started working at Index Coop DAO uh, as a BD core contributor uh, throughout my MBA. I did that the whole time uh, where I was talking to a variety of DeFi projects and it was a great community to be a part of. Uh, and then I started working in, took on another part-time job working in crypto VC white star capital and uh i was one of the investment associates there doing memos diligence talking to teams and then you know also a great experience uh really learned to uh just a ton about all sorts of projects out there and then eventually you know my next step you know my big step after i decided to work for arbitrum and i think that's been an amazing journey i met the team super bullish on what they were doing, what they were building, uh, very well put together. Uh, I joined on the partnership side. Um, and yeah, just nothing but a good thing to say from leadership downwards, you know, it's just been a very clear cut, great culture. Um, and you know, what they're, what we're trying to do now, um, is just help scale Ethereum and focus on the technology, but also be very, you know, receptive to the community. And uh, I think they executed that from day one, even before I got there. Uh, they were doing great things on the BD and partnership side and only been able to build on top of that. Yeah, that's that's quite a journey. And I think we met when you were still at uh, Index Coop, which feels like it was uh, a crypto lifetime ago. I know. I feel like you're one of my oldest uh, crypto uh, 
they're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And um, you know, so I guess you know, on the back of what you mentioned, so do you, you know, jumping kind of straight into this, do you think it's realistic to have DeFi kind of commerge with the real world? So then at some point, you know, people who share the same background as you will be settling their, you know, soybean trades on the blockchain using DeFi, or is it still completely far-fetched? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think this is like what we're striving to do. It's super ambitious, don't get me wrong. I think it's the the infrastructure that has been developed uh, through the financial world has only been tried and tested, right? Like financial crises, like market you know, inefficiencies. And that's the same thing that crypto is going through today, right? Like if you imagine like there have been so many... <laughs> you know, so many incidents of mismanagement. And I'm not talking about like fraud or anything, but just like things like MF Global, for example, that blow up, you know, long-term capital management that blow up. Those were just like things that were huge and market impacting at the time. And it was just inefficient. Uh, and those mechanisms were designed that those places could take on ridiculously sized positions. And um, when, you know, that those firms went bust like it caused system systemic risk and like what we see now today in crypto is just us going through that period of time that's uh that's developmental and like that's formidable for us but like eventually we'll be able to build that um infrastructure and have it all set up and uh you know what we're building is something that's going to be able to not be controlled by centralized entities and be more decentralized giving power back to the community and a lot of that requires a whole reworking of infrastructure. Like just designing an AMM is so different from designing a, uh, a um, you know, central limit order book. So that's just, I think, what we're doing and we'll get there. And I'm bullish on the space. Yeah, I keep, uh, you know, I keep reminding myself that, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get there. We'll definitely get there. It's all going to be fine. You know, like that uh, meme that, uh, you know, this is fine. <laughs> Whatever it is, this is fine. <laughs> this yeah. is fine. Um, when you think about those things that happen, just think about like the incidents in financial markets that, you know, like I'm sure at the time, if you were living in, uh, you know, that market, you'd be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Well, I remember going to business school during the days of uh, Lehman and, uh, you know, it felt like, you know, it's the end of the world. And you're like, OK, why am I doing finance? Actually, like it makes no sense anymore. The game is over. Yeah. That's a perfect example, right? Like, it's just like we created so many different structured products and mortgages that it became, you know, ridiculous and the whole, you know, space imploded on itself led by subprime. Pretty and, much. But, you know, yeah. the thing that gives me most hope is that obviously, you know, last 12 months have been very difficult for crypto, you know, FTX and, you know, many, many others went uh, belly up. But the good thing is that DeFi obviously continue to function. And the good thing is that, you know, Ethereum um, and other blockchains don't know if the market is up or down. You know, they don't know if a company like FTX is doing well or doing poorly. The blockchain just continues to function. And just like, you know, it doesn't make sense to give up on the internet if a Web 2.0 company goes up, uh, goes belly up. Um, yeah. Here's the same logic, right? So obviously the on-chain infrastructure still works. And with that, I think it's a perfect way to transition to, to conversation about Arbitrum. So I'm yes. sure people listening uh, know what Arbitrum is, but probably not all of them. So it would be good if you can run us through it and basically tell us what is it and why why should we all care about it deeply? Yeah, of course. You know, 
Arbitrum is a scaling solution at the end of the day, right? What we're solving is scaling Ethereum. And this has been something that our founders, Ed, Steven, and Harry have been working on for, for a lot of time, you know, spanning from their early days when they were at Princeton, uh, it arose from sort of just an interesting project and something that they were cryptocurrencies and they were all interested in. And they've sort of wrote the textbook on how to scale and uh, provide that solution. Uh, and what arose as a class project became something that they put the, their whole hearts into uh, and designed Arbitrum. And, you know, Arbitrum is an optimistic rollup. Uh, and that's works by selling all the call data to Ethereum. So we batch transactions, put together that call data, and that goes onto Ethereum and everything, um, you know, and this kind of solution happens and provides a significant cost savings. So currently, you know, we have two products that is Arbitrum One and Arbitrum Nova. Arbitrum One is a true optimistic rollup that settles all its call data to Ethereum. And Arbitrum Nova is the same technology. However, it's all both are built are fully EBM compatible, built on the Nitro tech stack. But Arbitrum Nova is actually settling its call data to a data availability committee of trusted partners. And it's actually really interesting tech because the way it works, although the the, the like the partner subset is consensus. Quickno, Google Cloud, ourselves, Reddit, OpenSea, just P2P, a fantastic kind of set of people. But only two of them need to be um, trust. Like only you only need to trust that two of them are doing the right thing, and the technology is able to sort of verify the rest of it. And that's quite unique. So if you know other people were being malicious, not that any of those would be, then you can expect only two need to be trustworthy uh, for the entirety of it to be functioning correctly, which is unique. But the Arbitrum Nova structure provides even more cost savings on top of it, on top of Arbitrum 1, because uh, it, it can hire, it's settling to a DAC rather than L. And so from a, from a common sense perspective, right, what is the best way to think about Arbitrum? So is it, should we visualize, you know, a stack of Lego blocks and effectively Arbitrum sits on top of Ethereum as another blockchain layer and um, is a you know is faster but as secure as ethereum because it relies on the same underlying technology is that the right way to think about it from a like common sense perspective uh yeah i think that's uh, yeah exactly like i mean it, it it sits on top of ethereum it provides scaling for it but it's also uh something that requires i would say a little bit more nuance because the tech requires a lot of uh you know there's different l2 scaling solutions right of course you can say ourselves and competitors along those lines would have different tech we're, we're providing. And there are differences in that. So it's not all um, entirely the same. Uh, I would obviously say we are one of the leading providers and doing a lot in the space and kind of have pushed for our narrative and some of the tech we're building. But yes, some, some, some differences in that. Yeah. And was building on top of Ethereum a strategic choice? Uh, could you have built on top of some other blockchain or like, does it make any difference? Or is it for you guys, the structural bet on the kind of Ethereum ecosystem and you want to kind of 
benefit from whatever Ethereum has to provide whilst making it more scalable. Yeah, I think the 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 actually you know the the it, the background behind that was because of Talek's post, right? Uh, kind of scaling Ethereum and you know the vision he saw, and then which really linked up with our founders, you know, approach too, and that's kind of how the idea rose. So I think we are very strategically aligned with Ethereum. And how do you see the future? Uh, will all transactions in the world be settled on scalability layers like Arbitrum and then Ethereum is kind of like the underneath the underlying settlement layer? Or will it be, you know, uh, big whales moving large amounts of capital will do it on Ethereum and then um, people doing small transactions will be doing it on Arbitrum? Like how, how, how does that look, you know, a few years from now? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things on the horizon. I can't exactly say, you know, there's a lot of things on the horizon that we're definitely, you know, strong on and kind of we want to see happen. Um, for us, that definitely, that vision makes sense that execution would happen on different chains and then settlement happens on uh, Ethereum. You know, I think EIP 4844 would help that narrative kind of push that narrative across too. Um, and yeah, I think we will see more of that. And then the reliance on Ethereum is for that decentralization, that security that, you know, no one else offers. Um, and you'll see more transactions done across different types of L2s. And I, I, I do believe in that narrative. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so you've talked through um, a couple of products that you guys have, but uh, as I understand, you also have something called Arbitrum Orbit which is yes. a further technological development you guys have been working on. So we'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, of course. You know, this is really exciting. And we just talked about this uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago as we had our DAO announcement. So I think part of it got a little overlooked, but I think it's something that I'm very excited for. So Arbitrum Orbit is basically a way for people to build permissionless L3s, and it provides a lot of customizability uh, with that, you know, controls around your privacy, who gets to view and edit the data, you actually get to choose your security model, you know, if you wanted a specific set of validators in specific places or countries or whatever, that can be done. Uh, and then you have the choice of whether to settle your call data to L1 or to a data availability committee. Uh, and that has benefits too, right? So it allows people to uh, prefer decentralized and security of Ethereum and settling your data there, or you can do it to a data availability committee and have a higher performance, higher throughput and lower costs. So it provides that flexibility. And I think this is what, uh, you know, people as they or corporations or organizations or protocols can choose to build on that. Um, I will say it's a lot more managing, you know, when you have the choice of building a smart contract versus building your own L3, it, 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 you can think, oh, it's a great decision to build your L3, but there's a lot of infrastructure beyond that. And I think that's something that to be aware of for builders in the space, you know, sometimes building a smart contract on Arbitrum 1 or Arbitrum Nova might be a lot easier because that infrastructure is there. But there are custom use cases, there are 
you know, very specific use cases uh, that we envision as we bring the masses into Web3 uh, crypto that you might want to use a, a solution like this. Um, yeah. And to the point about use cases, so as you know, you know, RE7 focuses on liquid investment strategies in DeFi primarily. And as you know, we've been huge fans of the Ethereum uh, world and therefore the arbitrary ecosystem for a while, right? There's a very vibrant DeFi uh, community and DeFi ecosystem on Arbitrum. But uh, what are, you know, what are the other use cases? So when people go to use Arbitrum today, what um, what are they using it for? Um, is it um, is it only DeFi? Is it gaming? Are, are there any non-DeFi use cases there? Like how is the ecosystem looking today and how do you see it evolving? Yeah, let's talk about it both. Like let's definitely talk about DeFi and gaming. Both are very, you know, top of mind for us and we're trying to, uh, you know, help builders in any way we can. So first off, DeFi, you know, DeFi, Right now, we are the largest L2, leading L2 scaling solution out there. Um, we have over $5 billion in TVL, uh, and we have just a variety of applications building on us. Um, I would say showing to the statistic is currently there's over a million ETH that has been bridged into Arbitrum, and that's more than all the other scaling solutions you know, combined. And this shows, I think this is, speaks to our usage, transactions that are flowing through our ecosystem uh, on a basis, you know, right now I'm just following, you know, some of the transactions on Ethereum and Arbitrum and Arbitrum is actually right at Ethereum's daily transactions. Uh, we're at 1.2 uh, million transactions, uh, which is right there. Our, uh, you know, this is aside from the, the, the antics with the airdrop, we had a spike over Ethereum, but right now, you know, as, our current, we are suddenly transactions at the same amount of Ethereum. So that is a huge milestone for us, uh, something that we're really proud of. And it just speaks to our ecosystem, right? The applications that have been building with us. Um, there are a lot of DeFi applications that are doing extremely well, uh, have found, you know, organic usage, I would say. And then what I mean by that is like not a lot of it's like um, totally incentivized, right? It's just people wanting to be able to use those applications to trade, to borrow, to, you know, take insurance against, you know, stable coins depegging to um, all sorts of things, right? You know, there's, uh, I would say, central limit order books that are coming, uh, which is really interesting because like I was saying earlier, central limit order books are like the building blocks of TradFi, but they're coming to DeFi in a kind of a permissionless way, right? Like, and that, the plus side of that is like, it's an open book. It's not necessarily what FTX or other places would have been. It's not black box. You can see it all. And that takes a special amount of building, uh, I would say, that it's not necessarily easy to do because you have to redesign and rework this whole thing to put these types of uh, collaborative entities on Arbitrum and other chains. So we're excited to see that. That's a narrative that I think is doing well. Uh, a lot of great teams that are building that on Arbitrum today. Um, and yeah, I think we also have just anything that you can quite imagine. So from the DeFi space, we're, we're pushing along, we're seeing more structured products, options <clears throat> come on into play recently. And I think, you know, those things are, are, are there's just 
tons of way to build options kind of exchanges. There's the AMM approach. People are using Uniswap v3 curves, and it's it's yeah, it's phenomenal to see builders design this in a way independent of you know traditional kind of markets, and that they're kind of like again reworking and redesigning. So this is. I think a really cool narrative that we're seeing in the DeFi space, more structured products uh, and variety of use cases. And then, yeah, just applications for, for yield too. Um, people bringing real world assets on chain. I've seen places try to bring, um, you know, mortgages, uh, for example, right? Like um, we're seeing interest rates at a rate that's a pretty good return, I would say, for mortgages, for US government rates. And we're seeing stuff like that move on chain. That's interesting. There's other real world assets. I think people are bringing commodities products. Uh, as you know, commodities, you know, my background, uh, tend to do better in an inflation environment. Prices tend, tend to go up. So we're seeing uh, a I'm couple of places. Advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as we've seen, commodity prices actually are way higher than when I worked in the industry. So uh, we're seeing a couple of places build that on Arbitrum as well. Um, and yeah, I would suggest like just follow our Twitter. We tweet about these places all the time. And there's a lot of great builders, great teams that are kind of innovating on top of that. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, please go on. Yeah. I was just going to talk about gaming, but if you want to. Uh, yeah, no, that's perfect. That's what exactly was what I was going to ask for. Ah, perfect. Uh, great minds think alike there. So yeah, in the gaming landscape, I would say, you know, Arbitrum Nova is something that. You, you can build games on both, I would say. It's not necessarily whatever your use case may be, but we're seeing a lot of activity on Nova. Uh, what led Nova was actually Reddit, right? So Reddit came to us. We were started a chat with them, and we competed in this like great Reddit scaling bake-off, which was amazing. It's like a lot of organizations in the scaling uh, aspect were working in this competition. And it, the idea was to launch Reddit's community points, right? And after like an extensive review of a lot of solutions, Arbitrum was selected as uh, that provider. And the community point system is interesting for Reddit because it's also on their path to kind of decentralization. You know, people are able to have points in their subreddits and kind of be rewarded in those points for, you know, doing things in that community, right? Each subreddit is essentially a community. And what they do is like to moderate it, to contribute, they would be rewarded with these points, but these points also represent something of that community, right? And it's that that we help provide infrastructure for. So we are basically doing the uh, movement transactions of community points in two subreddits uh, right now on, and that's all guaranteed by the Arbitrum Nova chain. So that data availability committee that we talked about is um, exactly what's ensuring that and providing that uber low, ultra low transactional costs for the high volume that they see because they're big communities. Like the ones they're doing is the cryptocurrency and Fortnite one, both of them have millions and millions of members. So there's a lot of accounts, a lot of setup, but it's all done at a uh, very cheap and trusted manner, which is, uh, which is great to see. And, you know, talking about that a little further, we have just a pipeline of games that we're really excited to kind of, uh, showcase, you know, we've been have some great folks working on the gaming side. They'd be talking a variety of titles, and we have, I, I believe, around ten upcoming titles in Arbitrum. Um, you know, as you know, Treasure Dow we work very closely with. They've been a great strategic partner for us, um, and they continue to be a good supporter of 
providing practical advice to games, guiding them through their journey. You know, we had uh, the Beacons game, which launched, and that was a really good one because they're just really good developers. They made a game that people wanted to play, and they focused on that um, from day one and also worked with uh, you know, the Treasure Out team to sort of kind of incorporate that Web3 aspect and do the mints and do the participation as well. And then, yeah, upcoming titles, we have a bunch. Um, Pirate Nation, Forgotten Ruin, just, uh, just to name a few. There's a lot coming that we're very excited about. Nice. And if I zoom in on the on the Reddit uh, use case that you mentioned, so that that sounds actually quite quite a substantial event for the whole industry. So, are you saying that you know I don't know how many users Reddit has, but it's obviously in the millions, if not tens of millions. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, hundreds of millions. But so, yeah, those two communities both have uh, close to ten million, I think, uh, users on that. Yeah. So, so does this mean that? So what's the exact use case and what does it mean for the blockchain? Does this mean that you are now going to have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people using blockchain you know, daily for various use cases? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Reddit is just a, one of the case studies and one of the best, you know, one of the examples of working with bringing the masses, I think, into crypto, this narrative of how do we bring more people into it, right? And this is like, sure, a community that was, just now they now they're interacting with crypto, which is the best thing apart. It's a seamless experience. Like you don't have to launch new things. You don't have to start downloading MetaMask and using on ramps to get money into MetaMask. Like it's just there. It's something that you interact with within the Reddit app. You have a, a vault uh, slash wallet of you know those community points that you own. You can get a little ETH through other you know transactions to just start transacting, and it, it's just seamless. It's just. That's the best part about it. I think we'll see more of these types of relationships uh, as we go forward in the space, you know, bringing on that sort of people that haven't interacted with crypto or may have just started and they're really looking to, um, you know, experiment and play around with it is, is what that idea is. Well, I mean, that's very, very substantial because there aren't that many use cases even to this point in time where um, uh, where you have large traditional companies sharing their millions of users with the blockchain world, right? That's mm -hmm. uh, that, that's quite a substantial one. Do you think this is the kind of thing that can you know 10x the number of people using Arbitrum and and blockchain more generally? Yeah, I think so. I think you know for for you know this is an experience that I think you're not gonna. You're not gonna, you know. I think the, the the allure of crypto sometimes is is the monetary aspect of it, and I prefer to see people getting into it for, you know, just using communities and things like that, and like you know, being able to interact. I think this could be a ten x kind of vertical, right? I don't necessarily see like people are interacting with it now, and like as this relationship expands, as other organizations find use cases for them within crypto. Uh, there's just opportunities for multiple parties to benefit, you know, um, from our end, providing infrastructure may lower the cost for that organization. Um, but from their end, they see more participation. They see more, you know, active members because they, they feel like they're part of something. They feel like they have ownership. You could say they feel like they have, um, uh, portability, 
Um, and those are the, the, the principles I think that could get more people into crypto. I agree. You know, we're obviously, you know, huge fans of DeFi and we use it every single day, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine why millions more people would go and suddenly start trading on the blockchain or, you know, buying structured products on the blockchain. So it feels that without this kind of non-financial, non-economic use case, such as potentially gaming, such as potentially, you know, social media, um, it, it's hard to imagine our space growing up uh, you know, substantially from, from where we are today. Yeah, hundred percent. And we want to see that. And we want to see more places do that and push that narrative forward. Cause at the end of the day, that's all I think everyone in the spaces together building towards that, um, building towards that road. I, you know, I couldn't agree more when you, when you think ahead, uh, what do you think makes Arbitrum unique? How is it different from other scalability solutions or how is it different from some of the other, um, you know, non-Ethereum ecosystems, which, um, uh, which are kind of, you know, fast, faster than the original blockchains from, from kind of the last generation? Yeah, uh, I think what makes Arbitrum unique as opposed to the alt-layer one is really that ethos of ethereum right like we are scaling together with ethereum we are utilizing one of the most decentralized one of the most secure networks out there and putting all our data on it so that if anything were to ever happen like your data availability is there and you're able to access it that's the one core difference from uh uh from us and others and then at the end of the day there are differences among ceiling solution we are an optimistic roll-up we see that as the preferred way to sort of scale, uh, mainly because of the EVM compatible nature of it. Like if you're on other, um, if you're on Ethereum, you can deploy on us within a matter of a day's work or less. Uh, so that's like something that, that's hard to do, I think, and it requires a lot. Um, also, you know, we're trying to, we're mentioning that I wanted to give a highlight to Stylus. You know, Stylus is something that we've been working on here that would actually allow you to deploy programs written in other programming languages onto an EVM, onto us. And that would be things written in Rust, C++, would be able to run on Arbitrum. Um, and that's something that we're really excited for. I think this could sort of change the way things are done. And that's only possible with the Arbitrum tech stack, right? We The, the structure of it allows for this to happen and we're working on this uh, this primitive right now. So this is another thing that's, I think the ability for us to be even more compatible outside of just EVM and kind of pushes that narrative. So this is like what we're building at the end of the day is this the ethos around building tech that's really good for builders. And I think that's like one of the other distinguishing characteristics about us too. It's just that we're trying to, include as many people as possible into Arbitrum and by doing that uh, through our technology. Now, in, in my experience, it takes, uh, well, to, over, to very heavily oversimplify, right? It takes two things to have a successful crypto ecosystem, right? Technically, it has to be very sound and very solid and robust and resilient and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, if you have an amazing tech, uh, but you have no community, and community is often, you know, an overused word in the space where people sometimes mean it in a, in a cynical way. But I generally mean the community of people who are building on your ecosystem and who are developing 
um, yes. out there as well as using it, then kind of your tech is useless and no one cares about it, right? And we've yes. seen it, right? Where people have very good tech, but no one is using it. And one of the things about Arbitrum that has personally uh, impressed me for a long time now is, um, so as most of our listeners would probably know, Arbitrum launched um, their own token, I think it was last week. Um, so, and at the same time, an ecosystem around Arbitrum has existed for, I don't remember when exactly it started. I don't know the formal kind of cutoff point, but uh, for, well, for definitely over a year and substantially over a year, right? So there's an extremely vibrant DeFi ecosystem. There are NFT uh, finance projects, games, and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And all of that was done without any token incentives, unlike some of the other networks. So what I'm genuinely curious about is what was your kind of recipe for success? How do you get for whatever thousands or tens of or hundreds of thousands of people to move to a new blockchain and use new apps, um, albeit in a familiar interface, but still it's a kind of it's technical hurdle. So what what is your approach to kind of your community management and how how has it helped you so far and how are you kind of thinking about it going forward? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, thanks for highlighting my role here. Uh, this is <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, a lot of it started before my time, right? Like uh, our founders did an amazing job with that. We had business development people come in, step in. Uh, my boss did an incredible job with that uh, from day one is just being inclusive, including all those communities, reaching out, uh, really knocking at the door. You know, <laughs> when it was launched, I, I think getting this core infrastructure on board was uh, was not it was not an easy task. Right. It required just knocking on the door on the DeFi majors, seeing if they would be interested in coming. As we got that, we see, started to see more native projects build on us. And that was a that was really great because, you know, if it's one thing when people are deploying to Ethereum, but another thing when people are deploying first to, to Arbitrum. Uh, and I think around it from the beginning, the ethos and the culture of Arbitrum has just been to, to be as inclusive as possible, right? To include anyone who's building, whether it be, you know, the most well-polished team, you know, with amazing backgrounds coming from, you know, any, you know, great schools to anonymous teams that are, very experienced in the space, in the DeFi space that uh, are different, right? So I think those are two two aspects. We never played favorites. We've always tried to be conducive to to any type of builder who wants to be uh, on Arbitrum. We do a lot of marketing, co-marketing. Our, our community managers are just an amazing team of people. Uh, they've really been able to talk to our community through Discord. We've been able to showcase applications building on us through Discord, through our Twitter. Uh, we host Twitter spaces almost, uh, I think, every day uh, <laughs> to, to really highlight the teams that are out there and the products they're building, right? So uh, monumental task. Shout out to a lot of people who have been able to, to, to keep up with that uh, because uh, it's, a, it's an effort. It's a lot of effort and it's it but it's great it, nothing feels better when you see a team just get users out of that type of engagement uh and get people to uh, interact with their with their applications so i think that's a lot of the tools at our disposal and then it goes to like technical support like anything like that would be helpful too i think our developer docs are amazing you know we have a lot of great engineers working on that um and 
being able to deploy on Arbitrum shouldn't be a very hard task. And if you need more support, we put an engineer or integration engineering team on top of it. So it's resources, it's marketing support. I think it's just the amount of you know service that we're able to do with our small team. We're not huge at the same time, right? Like we're we're a pretty lean team of uh under 10 people on the on the partnerships tied. We're you know under 10 people on the marketing side. It's 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 a it's a lean team and we 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 do what we can with the resources we have. Well that that's all any of us can do, right? <laughs> and I'll, I'll yeah. look for um thank you. As as we approach you know the end of our um of our podcast, you know, to 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 reward the, the users uh or, or rather the listeners who stay with us till the very end. You know, what's uh, what's the one thing you would leave us with, right? What do we need to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to Arbitrum? What is the one thing we should be very excited about and uh, should look forward to? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. I think some of those things, like the Silas announcement is very interesting. Uh, but at the same time, Arbitrum, uh, I would say just interact. Uh, use the, the, you know, follow our Twitter uh, try some of the the protocols out. Um, gaming, especially, give it a shot. It's not like, like I said, it's not like uh, I don't want people to you know, like monetary stuff aside. Gaming's really fun. I think in this environment uh, exists um, today, right? Like it's fun to play some of those games. Check out Treasure. Check out Beacons that I mentioned. Check out the new games that we have incoming. Um, and check out Reddit, for instance, right? Like try to play around with the community points. I think that's something that you know, um, is a low lift, but like can be quite exciting to just get into. Uh, so I think all those instances uh, are great, just fun experiments that are, you know, monetary aside, but also check out Arbitrum D5. We have uh, an amazing, amazing uh, group of builders looking to build a ton of different type of products that might fit your use case, right? Diversification needs, passive yields. Those are, those are amazing things. And and we have uh, uh, great, you know, kind of perpetuals and things like that too. So check all those out. Yeah, well, I can definitely vouch for DeFi there. There's definitely lots to do. And, you know, to your point about Reddit, uh, I should actually check it out because I, I definitely belong to the group of people who had a, you know, a, a crypto account before they had a Reddit account. So <laughs> uh, maybe this can be my uh, gateway into Reddit <laughs> from the crypto yeah, world. <laughs> exactly. I think so. It's funny, like, I don't check... I check out the our cryptocurrency Reddit, uh, but you know, in working crypto, I feel like Telegram is the place to go. But like, yeah, it's like a good community out there. It's definitely yeah. worth giving it a shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, Luke, uh, thank you for uh, for coming onto the podcast and for sharing uh, the you know your background and the story about Arbitrum and how everything is playing out there. Thank you to everyone who was listening. Um, Appreciate your um, your attention in these dark days of the crypto bear world. Bear world, and uh, yeah, let's keep an eye on Arbitrum and see what it brings us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure, uh, and it's always a pleasure catching up with you. Like you said, one of my oldest crypto <laughs> friends, and it's only been a couple of years, right? So uh, it's great to, to to do this with you. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank you, Luke, and thanks everyone.